0: How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Charit Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got Italian explorer, for whom the Americas are named, Amerigo Vespucci, and 20th century American actor, the man famous for roles in movies like The Maltese Falcon, Humphrey Bogart. Uh, A couple of quick announcements before we get to the episode. Don't forget that you can check out the freshest episode Episodes every Monday at 3pm on Radio Free Brooklyn Hit us up at famous dead people at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org Send us emails We love hearing from listeners Abuse that email address. Uh, pick up my book for Kelly and Comedy Technique. I'm actually selling those on my website now. Autographed copies. So go to my website, JarrettBarenstein.com, and you can check out the book there. You can also look up all my upcoming live shows and projects. We got new videos coming out on my YouTube and Facebook fan page every Tuesday. And guys, we have already had the first Stand Up 2020 show. That is Stand Up 2020 the comedy show slash voter registration drive that we're we're going to be doing every month until the 2020 election. Our first one was a real barn burner. We had David Cross, Micah Fox, Josh Gombelman, Carrie Codet, Alex English. It was such a fun show. We registered some voters. We raised some money for a great cause. We spread some awareness. And so if you want to come support the show, it's going to be every month. Our next one is Friday, December 6th at 7pm at the Pitt Theatre on 24th Street. Come on down for the show. Show your support. Enjoy a great comedy show the comedy's not political it's just great comedy and we're also doing great politics in addition so for now sit we'll see you there but for now sit back relax and enjoy Humphrey Bogart and Amerigo Vespucci only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead people. It's time
1: Famous dead people. time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. <laughs> Oh, you know. famous and the oh, oh, all these people
0: dead. My guests today on famous dead people are 16th century Italian explorer and cartographer who demonstrated that Americas were not part of Asia, as Christopher Columbus suggested. and the new continent was then named after him, Amerigo Vespucci.
1: Hello, Jarrett. Wonderful pleasure to be here.
0: And 20th century American film actor famous for movies such as The Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, and The African Queen, Humphrey Bogart.
2: I'm looking at you, Jarrett.
0: (laughs) Mr. Bogart, Mr. Vespucci, thank you so much for being with us here today on Famous Dead People. Oh, It's it's
2: great to be here. Grand pleasure.
1: Uh,
0: Let's start off with you, America Vespucci, if I may. Uh, So, both, obviously... Both the North and the South American continents were named after you, uh, which is a little surprising just because of the history. You're obviously not the first person to venture to the Americas, nor are you somebody who made, like, a ton of trips to the Americas. But the continents did get named after you because a letter... Describing your trip to the Americas landed in the hands of a map maker named Wald S. Mueller. Wald Mueller, I think Wald Simmueller.
2: That's gotta be fake.
0: No, <laughs> no, that's his name. Wald Waldsimular. And he decided to name the continents after you. And it's even been suggested that you probably didn't even know that the continents were named after you. So my first question is, is this news to you that North and South America are named North and South America after no. you? Is this the first that you've heard of it?
1: You know, Jared, I I hate to get off on this foot, but it's also, this is fake news. It's a conspiracy theory, Jared. Hmm, interesting and that you would say that. I did. That. I did visit the Americas. I was the first one there, and. Uh, just to find the two names after me, it's all it's all uh, spin.
0: But historically, we know that Columbus visited the
2: Americas before you, that he do made we, multiple trips we, oh, to the we, Americas we before you. Yeah. Do I, we know this? Yeah. Do we know this? I know for I was, a fact that I don't know that. I, I,
1: I was there, Jared. I, what, do, what, do, what do you want to tell me? It's, I mean, just the, the
0: facts don't line up. Like The only reason why you were able to go to the Americas is because the crown canceled their contract with columbus making it no longer exclusive yes. for him to go to america
1: when are you getting this information there's mainstream media you reading all i all mean the internet or something? it's
0: just uh you know we we have an entire columbus a day based on the fact that he was the one who it's,
1: i prefer indigenous people david
0: <laughs> i mean i do as well of course
1: as do i
0: so yeah you claim then that you came to america before columbus even absolutely Okay, so 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue.
1: 1492, I mean, I've been there, done that, we already had some stuff. So,
0: when did on. you first make your trip to America? Oh,
1: 15, 20 years previous.
0: 15, 20 years, so 1492, that would be like 19, 1470 something? Yeah, I mean, I right?
1: didn't have a smartwatch, you know, you're at sea so long.
0: <laughs> and no cute little uh, little saying. 1472, America Vespucci sailed the ocean blue. And hey, listen,
1: at the end of the day, what is It's North America, mm. it's South America. Yeah. Okay. So you can say, oh, no, it's, it's Shakespeare didn't write his plays, huh? It's baloney. Mm. Amerigo Vespucci never went to the place that's named after. It's ridiculous. Well,
2: no, we do know that you went to America. Oh, I would but just say I just shouldn't. I don't, I don't deserve credit for that. I don't think it matters who got there first. I think it who got there best.
0: Ooh, who got <laughs> yeah, there best? See, I like your style, yeah.
2: Mr. Bogart. You well, know, thank you very much.
1: Columbus, he gets here,
0: and he's like... Bleh, 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 bleh. This,
1: this may be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> I don't uh, think that phrase is going to take off. So uh, think about it. So I let's say uh,
0: I, I believe you, America Vespucci. Thank you, you so much. You took a trip to the <laughs> Americas in fourteen uh, seventy something. Around
1: then, you know something. Around like that. then. Don't hold me to the specific. What what time did you set foot on shore? Nobody was keeping track of minutes and days. And
0: days. Yeah, I mean, were you gonna? Were
1: the you weather
2: gonna, was nice. You're going to break have, out a
0: sundial. And a exactly, yeah. Right.
2: What is it, Stonehenge? Yeah. Do you have a calendar? Maybe possibly with uh, I people did. used to drink I'll with. tell you
1: what I did. I did keep uh, notes on my calendar at that time. See, and I brought it with me. Let's take a look here. It's a lifting with Mario. Oh. Brewskis. <laughs> Bruce with, uh, I can't uh, read my own writing.
0: What's Devil's Triangle? It seems like you got Devil's Triangle on there. Well,
1: that's a sex move.
0: (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Which
2: we also played as a drinking game. Mm, uh, America Vespucci. I was wondering if you could tell me what a boof is. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, a juvenile reference to flatulence. Mm, Uh, I see. We did a lot of that. We drank
0: a lot of beer. So you went to America's first, before Columbus. See. All right, now I am interested in hearing why you think the historical record makes it seem like he went first. But before we get to that, uh, we do know, though, that they weren't named after you for a long time until uh, Waldseemuller got this letter that said that you had been there and that it wasn't an entirely different continent, unlike what Columbus thought. Columbus thought Hmm. that he had been going to India or Uh, Exactly.
1: This guy thought he was in India. Yeah. And I mean, so, oh, but you knew that was, you were. I don't mean to cast aspersions, then on personal.
2: The guy's a moron. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't chicken catchatory anywhere. Yeah. I mean,.
0: I mean, I don't like the guy much myself. Look
2: what he did. Yeah. He got started. Huh?
0: Not a great guy. Not a great guy at all. Um, I but wouldn't yet, have done that. When did you hear about this? Did, did you hear about it now? Did you know back then that they had been named oh, after you? This has,
1: this has been going on for a long time, Jared. It's mm. all politics. Mm. You know, you name a thing, you get to the first steps on making some profit. Get your beak wet a little bit on it. There's a lot of big interest in you into your company. Things like that come out of it later. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, you know, you talk about the Illuminati and the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I mean, they never pin it down exactly as it was, but, uh, you know, the kernel but of truth. But you get kind of close. So you like get kind of close. Power.
0: There's always a, a kernel that's of right. truth in every conspiracy yeah, that's right. theory. I'm more
1: of a Bernie Sanders kind of guy, so on. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's not <laughs> uh, that. very lucrative from the powers of you know, Let me ask true. you this. Columbus on the other hand. Yeah. Very, very Trumpian. Oh,
0: boy. Yeah, very that guy's a real POS. Let me ask you this. So you knew... Uh, according to the uh, according to the Wikipedia, you knew that you were not in Asia as Columbus thought he was in Asia, uh, That, but you, you knew you were in an entirely new place, a new world, as you called it, yeah. and you figured this out because as you wrote in one of your letters, it was a different from the Asia described by Marco Polo. So my question to you is, what did you see in America or what did you not see in America that tipped you off that it wasn't Asia because of the way that Marco Polo described
2: Asia? And follow-up question, what made you think that this is not the same continent but it is a new world. Because mm, that okay. seems like a big jump to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I
0: think that was more colloquial. Let me, let
1: me
2: paint you oh, a picture. Let me paint you a picture. All
1: okay? right. We're back at the 1470-ish. Okay? Yeah, 1470. He's sail on a boat for a long time. Again, Marco Polo and I had never been to Asia. I admit <laughs> that freely. Never been to Asia. I did that. Marco Polo's personal friend of mine, he told me all about it. told me what he found. Beautiful culture, interesting people, very different. Um, it's very descriptive. Brought back all kinds of wonderful artifacts that only an advanced civilization of a certain time frame could produce. Hmm. So we sail the other direction for one thing. <laughs> okay, are you going east? Nope, nope, we're gonna go west. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Trailblazer. Well, here's the thing, Earth, the earth is round, despite what some people on YouTube might think, and so if you go okay. west okay. long enough, you'll eventually get
1: to the okay, east. Okay, Carl Sagan, fair enough, <laughs> I'll give you that. We didn't know what we were going to find. Mm-hmm. We find this shore. It's like nothing or what is it is ever described. We land. Are the buildings, is there a society, a cultural civilization is described? No. There's people. Nice people. Yeah. Look different than what Marco Polo described. Mm. Got a different language. Got a different culture. Nomadic people, hunter-gatherers. Nice folks. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, I no said no to them, hey, is this Asia? And they said, No. <laughs> So I mean, you know, I, I, everybody keeps trying to make so this we'll some kind of a deep that, secret thing. It's like no, like, so you we'll asked the people that, who were there. You would call that Exhibit Exhibit B. Is exhibit it, is B. You, you asked. Exhibit A. Said, we went no. the other way. <laughs> exhibit b i said is this asian nope That
0: is sounds like
2: a case closed
0: that is fair uh well let's go over to uh humphrey bogart for just a moment uh so mr bogart you are obviously most well known for playing tough guy characters gangsters private detectives but i was surprised to learn that earlier in your career when you were a young man as a theater actor you were almost exclusively cast as high class, second lead love interests, effeminate society boys, that you would refer disparagingly to white pants willies, is
2: yeah. that right? I believe nowadays they're referred to as baxters. Baxters. Generally, the uh, the the guy that the girl leaves for the other guy oh, that she really cares. Gotcha, nowadays. like the uh, Michael
0: Showalter movie exactly the back of the same name.
1: White pants willies, my white favorite pants rap artist. White pants Oh, ooh, I like white pants willies. is good stuff.
0: Uh, he did that uh, that that one about brunch.
1: That's right.
0: Right, he did yeah. that one about. I think he's in the even Hamptons. got a track
1: Called Baxter if I'm not He like, might have a call of Baxter. I'm anyway, sure I'm does, sorry yeah. to interrupt no, that the deraily the line of questions. No,
2: I I'm I'm a am i am ai used to be a fan of White Pants, Willie, but now his stuff is just too clean. His gunnel is sold out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Too corporate. No edge.
0: Yeah. I liked his uh I liked his uh album Where Do You Summer? <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was a yeah,
2: good and one. Yeah, that was a good one. was catchy. It a tone-trap. Yeah. I loved his second album, Yacht Rock.
0: You you said disparagingly that that you didn't like playing these white-pants these uh, white pants willy characters. Nah. Can you tell us a little bit more about like why you didn't like them? You called them stiff-shirted smoothies, and you didn't like playing them as much as the tough guy characters that you would later be famous for. Is there any particular reason why you didn't like that? Well,
2: yeah, and I also refer to those tough characters as... Big Boy Buffy's. Big, big Boy buffies. I'm a big fan of alliteration, as you can tell. You didn't like mm, playing White
0: so. Pants Willies but you did like playing Big, big boy, boy buffies. Big Boy buffies. okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's something real personal about getting deep into a strong character mm. who could easily crack a man's skull with his eyes. Yeah,
0: someone that, who's intimidating. He's yeah. Got a, he's got a good gravitas.
2: Command power when you walk into the room. If
0: looks could kill. I'd be a, a murderer. Yeah. And so you like those kind of roles, but you felt like the the stiff-shirted smoothies—they didn't really have the same kind of, you know, the there, there wasn't a depth to them.
2: There was a depth. There mm-hmm. was it, it. It pretty much lined up with who I am in real life outside of acting, because oh. as you can see, I'm only four foot three, and no, I'm that's very not a big used, guy. Yeah. No, very slight of frame, mm-hmm. uh, but I have this deep voice. So eventually, uh, I just started. Hopping on apple boxes, and all of a sudden, I looked like the normal-heighted person. Okay. So they started giving me the bigger roles.
0: Oh, so once you started pretending like you were taller, absolutely, by putting apple boxes on your feet, then they started casting you as like tough guy characters.
2: Well, I didn't put apple boxes on my feet. I I climbed atop an apple box. If I had just walked around with apple boxes stuck to my feet, I would have been a big silly, now, silly, hum- silly hum- Sam. Humphrey
0: Bogart, I think you know what I meant. I did. I said, <laughs> I'm apple playing with
2: language. <laughs>
0: So while you were playing these bachelor characters in the theater, uh, it is believed, this is on the Wikipedia, that you were the very first person to say on stage, tennis anyone, which I think is a weird legacy to have. Like, I didn't think that tennis anyone was that notable of a recurring line, you know, was it at the time? Was After you said tennis anyone for the first time, did that suddenly like pop up in every play and movie when they wanted to to have a white pants Willie character or
2: something. Uh, it, it it definitely made the rounds. I'm surprised because I started a lot of phrases, and I was really surprised that uh, that's the one that caught on. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: But also, yeah. like you didn't really start. Somebody wrote that line for you.
2: Oh no, I yeah. ad libbed. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah, big into improv. Tell that's us about
0: one. that play <laughs> that you ad libbed that line and how it came about. Like, I want to know what was going on in the scene beforehand. And then you walk on and say tennis anyone and it has like such a huge reaction.
2: All right. Well, of course I'll tell you. And uh, I'm sure it has the the name of the play written right there, but uh, don't bother telling me. I remember <laughs> that it was honestly I don't believe it does. I don't think that's oh, anywhere
1: on the
0: Wikipedia. Yeah. It was
2: Glengarry Glen
0: Ross.
1: Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting that a play of
1: the... tennis anyone. An- yeah. Any
0: interesting that the uh, that a play of a very similar name, almost identical name, would then exist decades later, but go on. I with... think I
2: think it is the show same play, it just kind of got a lot of things right. It got a lot of things right. I'm just kind of guessing Wait, about you know, how life would be. You mean like... It was uh, a period piece, but set in the future. Oh, I
0: see. So somebody wrote a play called Glengarry Glenn Glen Ross about what salesmen in the
2: 1980s would be like? I mean... Apparently,
1: it, it got a lot of things right. I tell
2: you, interesting. Nostradamus wrote ah, it. I it feels dated uh,
1: now, but it got a lot of things right.
0: I wonder yeah. if uh, Mamet just lifted that play then from the old uh, the old Humphrey Bogart show from the nineteen twenties. Oh, Mamet's
1: a hack. Mamet.
0: Oh man, people have been saying people have been telling me this a lot. I didn't want to believe it. You know, he's, he's a big still... Columbus
1: guy. I believe oh, it.
0: That is strike one. Uh, anyway, so you're saying so you're in. Glengarry Glen Ross, right? which you're saying is basically identical to the Glengarry Glen Ross that we know. Yes. Okay. I was doing my monologue, and I said, uh,
2: ABC, always. You're doing
0: the Alec Baldwin character that was famously not in the
2: play. I'd argue that Alec <laughs> Baldwin did my character that wasn't in the play either, but it was experimental theater. Gotcha. You know?
0: So David Mamet decided mm-hmm. to plagiarize his entire play, but Absolutely. took out the most... Iconic part of the movie he would then later write. Yes.
1: Yeah. God, oh man, this you guy got is it down.
0: This guy is feisty. He is a weasel, man. History is tricky, Really Jared. throwing people off the scent here. So you're so you were playing the Alec Baldwin character. Basically. I was. You're doing your thing about always be closing. Well,
2: I see that's the thing. I said always, and then I forgot my next lines. Mm-hmm. So I just milked it and paused okay. and turned to the audience and said, Oh boy. Anybody like outdoor sports? <laughs> Uh, Would anyone like to do basketball? How about some tennis? Anyone? Do you ever heard of field bowling? So, but that tennis anyone was the one that caught off.
0: I had assumed that tennis anyone was like a standalone line, and you're saying that this is just like a mouth. This is the word vomit. I was just a word salad. Absolutely. (laughs) Just all these different ideas, but tennis anyone stuck.
2: Apparently, people lost their minds. I'm not much of a trend follower. I'm just apparently a trend setter. And then I just go, oh, okay, I guess that trend is set.
0: All right, that's fair. Uh, If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American film actor Humphrey Bogart and 16th century Italian explorer Amerigo Vespucci.
1: Well, I was making off your camera.
0: Uh,. (laughs) So, a little on the nose. Uh, Let's go back to America Vespucci for just a moment. So, you were born in Florence in 1454. Yes, that's correct. Uh, You had two older brothers who were sent to university to pursue scholastic careers. You became a merchant and clerk, though. Working well, for a while, for, I was a merchant in Venice. What, working for... <laughs> oh, so you traveled around a I little bit? I got around a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, you I mean, worked...
1: the Americas, for one. Yes, of right. course. You I don't know, want to could... keep beating us on that horse.
0: But... but you went to the Americas before Christopher Columbus. Uh, but what I found interesting about this, so you became a merchant and a clerk. You worked for uh, a company called House Medici. Um, but your brothers went to school to pursue scholastic careers. So how did that happen exactly? Did you not want to go to school? Did your parents not have enough money to send you along with your brothers? Did you not did you not have the same kind of aptitude uh, for education that they did?
1: I, was, I mean I, it was okay. I got pretty good pretty good grades in school beforehand, but I figured we're going to have two sp- smart school boys in the house and maybe I need to go out and just cover the basis a little bit mm-hmm. make sure I also feel like you know a lot of learning comes from doing and just getting out there I you feel that living your life and getting experience the old-fashioned way and getting your getting your rolling up your sleeves getting your hands dirty you had a different um,
0: attitude towards education yeah. life experience that's how you really learn yeah. things they,
1: they both of them wanted to make a name for themselves as academics and that was never all that important to me. Mm. I wanted what is, to, do you know? To get wealthy. Do
0: you remember the fields that your brothers eventually went into? And like, if they if they ended up teaching, if they ended up uh, just you know uh, becoming scientists and discovering.
1: My brother theorems. went to study. Um, my brother, my eldest brother, Ronald <laughs> went. Ronald? To, went to study. Uh, Ronald you know, Vespucci. You never Ronald heard him. Ronald Vespucci. Ra- Ronnie. Ronnie Vespucci. Ronnie Vanni. Yeah. Uh went is to study so... animal husbandry. Uh...
0: Ah, mating animals together. Yes, and
1: unfortunately, he he died tragically of uh, contracting botulism, but, ah, uh, so he didn't is, get far. That, so, that unfortunately, is rough. Is...
0: That must have been a very sad day for you. And what about yeah, your other brother? In
1: peace, My other brother, um, Josh <laughs> Vespucci. <laughs> Uh, Ronnie... Wanted to be a physicist, and so he went to mm. study uh, the
2: motion of the stars and the astronomy. And... Interesting. I'm very grateful that you're the one that discovered these beautiful countries, yeah, and not, not, not Josh. Living oh, thank in you very much. Uh,
0: North Josh. and uh, The or... point of interest is now not that I a hear popular... North Josh North out loud, Josh. I'm a big
1: fan. I was not uh, po- a popular name at the time, <laughs> but uh, my parents were interesting individuals, and uh, Josh has mm-hmm. caught on since. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, were yeah. they dope smokers? Um, uh, you know, a little bit. I guess it's I can say it now because it's destigmatized a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah they like the uh,
0: statute of limitations. Is probably burn down fast. a fat bowl now. No, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a different time. You know, I don't even think yeah. that it was probably legal at the time. You know, it was like, mandatory. Marijuana uh, prohibition was a, is a relatively no, no. recent phenomenon. Yeah, it, is, right? it wasn't
1: against the law. It was a societal, uh, you know, people who, who used a lot of drugs, um, you know, they, their reputation suffered because they, they they came off as not being clear headed, and making sound choices. So they uh. came off
0: as not being clear headed.
1: Everybody did it, but uh, mm. you know, if if you, you, well, you know, I don't know. Do you know drunks? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I uh,
0: I enjoy I enjoy a little uh, uh, marijuana edible from time uh. to time.
1: So, uh. I mean, it's a slippery slope in some ways, and it can get I in put- over your head. I played
2: a cop multiple times, so you almost got in trouble there. Hey, actually, oh, Mr. Oh, Bowden,
1: I? I have a question for you. So I know you've played the uh, private detectives. I'm a fan of um, your popular work. On. Oh, you ever, thank you. Have you ever, you ever play the other side? Have you ever play a gangster? Maybe a mob boss? Gunfire, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I can answer that for you. You know, you've uh, you've played uh, lots of gangsters, and uh, yes, uh, I have. You worked for uh, you were. I think you were in a James Cagney movie as like one of his underlings, one of his one of his gangster. Absolutely, movies. I was Lacey. I'm uh, yep, sorry, what? I was Lacey.
1: James Cagney and Lacey. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Where's Cagney and Lacey? Rosalie and Isles? It,
1: I, it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Franklin suits? and Bass? Suits? Anybody? So, suits? You know, I, <laughs> suits? I loved anyone? I loved that show. I watched suits? that show. And then it, I, I, I was I, a burden like of guy myself. I but don't okay. know exactly at what point it *Lost* beat got very, very cheesy. Did you guys know they're on.
0: You guys know on the eighth season of *Las Vegas*. You guys know that. What? No, that's a lie. Sorry. Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that
0: was a okay. show. So I,
2: I unfortunately did.
0: Your two brothers, uh, Ronnie and Josh, they yeah. go off to school. You go to clerk for House of Medici. It's Medici. Medici. But. Sorry about that. Uh, for most of your young life, you are clerking for House of Medici. And uh, at one point, when you're 38 years old, they send you in disguise to one of their branches because they suspect one of their managers of misdeeds. Is that right? Sweet. Yes. So the Wikipedia is vague about this. Can you tell us more about what happened and what you soused out when Ugh. you when you managed to sneak into these branches? Yeah,
1: well, You know, sometimes you got to keep an eye on people. You get a little... They start thinking maybe they deserve a little more than that. Mmm,
0: gotta to smack, the smack them back down. Yeah. Skimming a little off the top, if you will. So I
1: want to have a little conversation with them,
2: you know what I'm saying? Ooh, okay. Bada bing, bada boom. So Spout this was not a
0: disguise. The, the, the Wikipedia says that you were like, this is like a clandestine operation. You just walked in instead of talking to them. Well,
1: we didn't lead with the... I see I'm a more of a carrot man than a stick man. Mm. I like to walk in, I like to talk about what somebody needs and wants. Okay. And, uh, you know, try to make them an offer they're going to (laughs) like. An offer they're not going to turn down. And uh, if that doesn't work out, you know, maybe we need to get Rocco somebody in there doing a little work on their knees. Okay, I
2: see. So you basically went in there and... Made them an offer they'd be silly to ignore. They should
0: take... You made them an offer they should take.
2: I made them an offer it would be difficult to
0: Gotcha. Reject. And did every did everything work out at uh House of Medici?
1: He refused. He refused. <laughs>
0: You know they say you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. it is the one thing that they were not supposed to do. So
1: shortly thereafter, um, he vanished, and we assume that he absconded and yeah. he's never heard who from again. Who knows what happened to him? Maybe uh, he potentially went potentially a terrible tragedy, no one will ever know. Potentially, he went to
0: a new world. I
1: can't say I I know nothing about it. Yeah, right. But I you mean, can't say you don't know nothing. No,
0: Wikipedia. Yeah, so, yeah. It's
1: a little of this, little of that.
0: Let's uh, mm, go, don't go back worry over to Boger uh, <laughs> for just a moment. So you. You were born in 1899 in New York City.
2: Yeah, um, right on the cusp of the 100 years off from the millennium.
0: You were uh, actually born on Christmas Day. And mm. I want to ask you this. This was in the Wikipedia. This is a real thing that's in the Wikipedia, but it sounds insane. So I want you to tell me if this is real. All right. Uh, when you started acting in movies for Warner Brothers Studios, they had you change your birthday because they thought that audiences wouldn't believe that someone who's
2: born on Christmas could be a tough guy or a bad guy. Is that right? It's absolutely true. The thing is, they changed my birthday to Easter. To Easter. Yeah, which changes every year, so it was a little tricky. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they thought that it would be a lot more of a tough guy vision. if That's uh, a more tough guy holiday than Christmas. Well, one, in one of them, uh, a baby is born. In the other one, a guy comes back to life after being... Plugged with holes. Yeah, so a, I mean, resu- kind of sounds like more of a tough a guy point. to me. It's yeah.
0: resurrection. It's not you know. Top that.
2: That Jesus was a tough Tony, if you I ask me. I believe
0: it was uh, Easter is when the resurrection happens. So I guess Ash Wednesday would be when the. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I am so uh, out of the loop on my. Religious holidays and trying to figure out because if you wanted to be associated with the day that
2: Jesus died, it would not be Easter,
0: right? Because Easter was the day of the
2: resurrection, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe the whole thing happened in like a three-day period. It was a three-day. There was a three-day turnaround on that on that life, and I believe uh, you know Easter might encompass all of it.
0: It, I think it's Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and then Easter. I think I could be wrong.
2: Okay, so wait, Jared
0: Berenstein. Berenstein does not remember the specific sequence of religious
2: holidays. That surround Jesus' supposed resurrection. Well, thankfully, Humphrey Bogart does. All right, tell us all about Ash it. Ash Wednesday, Jesus murdered. <laughs> Good Friday, Jesus is back. Easter, Jesus then uh, just sent Ascends to heaven? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I think this was just the welcome back party. What I think that he a, wanted to get the time is, to get the word out. Mm. Where does the rabbit come into? Mm-hmm. I
0: think the rabbit is... Um, Jesus was a magician. There were... Pulled oh, one yeah. out of a hat. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, that was the second trick after coming back. Mm-hmm. Coming That's back, good. he did three tricks. You know it's
1: hard because you gotta you gotta come out of the gates hard, but people don't realize that next you gotta follow up with something bigger, it's gotta yeah. be stronger because no one's gonna notice if the first thing isn't big, but the, the second thing's gotta even be bigger. Yeah, yeah. so I think, it's a disappointment. You lose everybody. Yeah, first
0: rule
2: of magic: always keep them guessing. Keep, keep them guessing. Always
0: keep them guessing. So I believe because I do remember this from my religious studies class that he came back to life. He took a rabbit out of a hat mm-hmm. and then the rabbit had a card and he said to like Peter he was like is this your card and Peter was like oh my god it is mm-hmm. and then uh and then Easter they had the party as you
2: said yeah and here's the fun fact why about it Why didn't
0: our... they just we, oh. this whole thing started because we were asking about your birthday on Christmas why, ah, yeah. why didn't they just give you a random day
2: instead I of another,
0: Easter. <laughs> another holiday so you asked for Easter I wanted to stay thematic Gotcha now obviously there was no legal way to change your birthday. So you basically just celebrate it on a different day. Oh no, we legally
2: like, changed it. You just changed it every year to every, whatever uh, Easter was that year. Went down to the uh government office mm-hmm. and said, Hey, it's me, your good boy Humphrey. Okay. And uh they knew me down there and we'd all have a smoke and a glass of scotch and then uh we'd shoot the shit for a little bit until they uh changed my birthday. And then it's nine forty five of- AM Oh, boy, Wait, i got to start my third one. I am just saying,
1: let's go down there in the morning, have a cigarette and a glass of scotch. And uh, three and fingers, if you
2: will. Mm. Cheers. It's uh, about 10 a.m. right now, and I'm on my phone. Yeah, get
0: him a little soused and uh, get the eraser out for good old Humphreys B-Day. Wow, White that out. must have been... Nice. <laughs> That must have been a real lot of effort for that. Um, We got to go on a break very quickly. Uh, But before we do, I wanted to ask you, Humphrey Bogart. So you did not care for school. I wrote on your Wikipedia. Absolutely Uh, not. You were actually expelled from the elite boarding school, Phillips Academy. Mm -hmm. And there are numbers of reasons listed as to why this could have happened. Uh, I'm just going to go through this. This is what is, it's like one or none or all of these. Throwing the And I'll
2: tell you each one if it's true, if it's, exaggerated okay. or if it's just a okay, bold faced that, lie. That'll
0: be fun. So just go through these and you tell us if any of these are true or or if there's a different story. Got it. Uh smoking. Did it. Drinking.
2: Did it. Poor academic performance. Well, that's uh, you know, circumstantial, but sure.
0: Uh inappropriate comments made to staff. Did it. Uh we want to tell us about those.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I uh called all the men sugar lumps. <laughs> I was trying to be subversive. <laughs> that worked. But still respectful. I tried to skew the system. And
0: uh, lastly, throwing the headmaster into
2: a pond. Now, see... I considered it more of a river because okay. I wanted him to kind of drift away. Throwing I him see. into a pond, he can just get right back out.
0: Now, as we mentioned, you were not a tall person. No. I can imagine that you were not a tall boy at 17 years old.
2: I was three foot one.
0: Three foot one. You managed to throw the headmaster of Felix Academy into a river. Is that right? Okay.
2: If we're gonna really nitpick at this one, I guess it was more of a trip.
0: It, you tripped him. Into the pond. Was it intentional? Uh,
2: absolutely.
0: Okay. And for this and all the other reasons they kicked you out of Phillips Academy?
2: Um, I mean, the reason they wrote down was, you know, poor attendance. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess all these <laughs> others also works.
0: <laughs> you just didn't vibe with the school. I don't like rules. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, uh, we have, unfortunately, we got to take a short break. Uh, oh, but we will be right back with America Vespucci and Humphrey Bogart and be be Famous Dead People. Stay oh, with days. us. Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show, or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love, hearing from fans. Uh, Also check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or Noble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBernstein.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to of the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century American film actor famous for movies such as The Maltese, Falcon, Casablanca, and the African Queen Humphrey Bogart. Money. And 16th century Italian explorer and cartographer who demonstrated that the Americas were not part of Asia, as Christopher Columbus suggested, and the... New continent was then named after him, Amerigo Uh, (laughs) Vespucci. So uh, let's go back over to I America. I feel like we're vibing.
1: America Vespucci. I'm having the time of bit. my life. I'm having right. a great one. Never gonna no, forget I've this.
0: never seen two bigger smiles. Uh, so back to America Vespucci. So when you're 41 years old, mm. uh, the Crown of Castile, which are the the uh, the crown that was funding Christopher Columbus's trips mm. to uh, to the West Indies as he thought he was going, mm. they broke their deal <laughs> with Christopher Columbus. They began licensing other navigators for these trips. And I know... Uh, you know, based on the Wikipedia, it seems like you were not active in the sailing community at the time. But you're saying that you did take at least, like, one expedition to the Americas.
1: Yeah, it was very clubby. It was very clicky. Mm-hmm. It was a boys' club, and I think history likes to paint the crown as being very slippery. But you have to understand this. Columbus, of my French, is a real piece of shit. Mm. I think they figured that out. They no said, arguments here. You know, this is not great for our brand to be married to this guy. So mm-hmm. they started spreading it around a little bit. It was more of an independent character. He uh, made some money as a merchant with the Medici. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. You know, I spend a lot of my own money. They say in producing, you don't spend your own money. but um,
2: That's all you do. Yeah,
1: you, know, you end up telling me about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so, uh, I'm sorry, what, what was the question? Oh, I was just
0: asking, like, you know, so you, was this, like, a big deal when this contract was broken? Like, did everybody start, like, oh, yeah. rushing to start organizing and making oh, yeah. these trips to the Americas that was happen? a lot of money. It
1: was a big contract. Yeah, yeah, you could do whatever and, you wanted. Um, you know, I think that, just similar to today, the, the, the wealthy have a real hard-on for exploiting natural resources. Mm. And in, anywhere they think they can get their boot on somebody's throat and make a profit there. Uh,
0: We can go over there, we can find some gold yeah, Exactly, some I
1: mean yeah, Exactly, gold, spice I mean, it turns out there was some gold in California but we didn't know, we were on the wrong coast I mean,
2: if you had gone, if you kept going, you would have gotten the gold Yeah, eventually, eventually. But technically anywhere you start digging you can once, eventually find gold Is that true? I don't know <laughs> It's worth a shot
0: Okay, so around this time, Amerigo... Uh,
1: but they made it sound like they were just robies lying around on the... Uh, on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the weren't with, streets.
0: Paved with sapphires, the new world was. Now, around this time, you were the executor of the Berardi Estate, uh, which led to you contracting some of these future expeditions. And uh, this is where the history gets a little muddled, unfortunately. Mm, so before we so get true. into... <laughs> Awfully suspicious how that happened. So, before we get into exactly which expeditions you made and which uh, letters of yours are real, can you tell us first how it came to be that you went from contracting these expeditions, working for the Medicis, working for the Berardi estate, and becoming a seafaring person, a person who goes on a seafaring adventure to a new place?
1: Sure. You know, well, Giovanni Medici was very, he was like a father to me. He was very mm. kind. And the Baratis, you know, they didn't take to me too much. They understood the value I brought to their family. So when their father, Mario, died, uh, it just made sense to have me sort of take over the interests, manage the estate. And you know, I've I've always thought of myself as a merchant, I was blessed with many friends. <laughs> and, uh one thing led to another, and I realized if we're going to protect uh, honest family values in the new world, I was going to need to get involved in a commercial enterprise, sign some contracts, do things the honorable
2: way, the old way, the family way. Mm. I respect that. Now, is that what you uh, originally wanted to do when you set out to make a life for yourself?
1: Well, you know what? I, I just wanted to be a humble man, provide for my needs. I mean...
0: That's
2: but
1: uh, taking
0: that trip. That's a risk. That is. That's a risk, it's it? out there. It's
1: the one truly Dangerous. adventurous uh, thing I'd ever done. Mm. You know, the the open sea is. Uh, it's an awe inspiring place. Oh, Were you yeah. scared? Well, I, I would be lying to you if I did not confess trepidation. About
0: that. If you're not scared, then you can't be brave. I think. Um, I'll tell you the most terrifying that, episode. I don't know if that's. I don't know like if that's factually it accurate.
1: It is. It is. you the Red Moby Dick uh I've, herman melville anyway it's a boat I've about a whale mm-hmm. yes book about a whale that shit is crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you you're out at sea there's even a scene in *Moby Dick*. i i think what they're describing is a giant squid that has come to the surface oh, it's wow. absolutely terrifying and these ships are not large i don't know if you've seen a historical replica of like the santa maria or the mm-hmm. you know Little, I have. The I little actually... boats to cross the ocean. It's yeah. not, I mean, you're basically in a bathtub. Yeah, one whale could completely
0: destroy easily. the Santa Maria.
1: Absolutely easily. I mean, forget the waves and the storms at sea. Just being on a boat of that size with the same number of
2: people, I mean, it's...
0: Ooh, yeah, that's dangerous And, get,
2: and the smell, it was... Ugh. And you're Rums. completely accurate, too, about that. One of the first films I was in was an adaptation of Moby Dick. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Well, what did you play, eh? I played the whale. You played the whale. Oh, you played yeah. the whale. That's that's Always a tough it. guy. Wanted to be that tough guy. It was White the face. toughest guy in the uh, but, um, whole story. Toughest Greece guy paint.
0: in the ocean. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Burger for just a moment. Oh, that's
1: it? The end of the story? Okay. Oh, sorry. Did you have... <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Did it's, you it's, have more? Blah, blah, blah. See, the a lot of crazy Say, stuff happened. We got there.
0: You, uh <laughs> No, no, that's if it. No, please, please, you're in charge. I want to hear more if you have more. I thought the story was over. No, no, story's you over. You said you were scared. <laughs> Jared,
1: the story's you over. You said it was dangerous. No, there's nothing more to it.
0: Okay, fine. We'll go back over to Humphrey Burger. then. Things fell I'm out in sh- an
1: appropriate way. Nothing bad was done. Nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. No lines were crossed. History gets a little muddy.
0: Fantastic. It's the
2: nature of things. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom.
0: So uh, <laughs> after getting out of kicked, kicked out of school, Humphrey Bogart, you enlisted in the Navy, uh, but this was right when World War One was ending, and you famously said about your time in the Navy, quote, at 18, war was great stuff. Paris, sexy French girls, hot damn. Oh, I loved it. But that wasn't really war, right? It like, was war to war us. war was basically over at that point, so of course it was a lot of fun. To be 18 and not have to fight in the war. Was there any danger at all at your from your time in the navy when the fighting was basically over?
2: Of course, there was danger.
0: Tell us about it. Tell us what was so dangerous about being in the navy right after the war.
2: There was a big risk of waking up with a hangover almost every day. Uh, we didn't have condoms back then, so people were just flying around willy nilly. Oh my God! Uh, you know, we were living that hardcore lifestyle, it's like
0: the wild wild west. There was blood everywhere. Oh, Jesus Christ! That is rough. Yeah, I mean, maybe I was, uh, maybe I was not taking the the threats as seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, with all these French girls.
2: Uh, we also knew that another war was coming. That's why we kept on calling it World War One. Oh, did you call it World War One back then? We called it that in the in media res. I I
0: don't think that that's true. I think well, they called it the Great War back then. Uh, but did people in the Navy sort of it's kind like? Kind of
2: ironic. I mean, wink, wink. Did you think it was so great at the time? No, wink, we didn't. Like, I don't know why the, the history books got that one wrong.
0: Everybody called it World War One.
2: We ever, we all called it World War One. We all called uh, the Great War, the Civil War, because we all were happy well with how that turned out.
0: <laughs> that I mean, I'm happy with how that turned out. How was it?
2: great. Yeah.
0: So, uh, go you, blue coats. You get you you leave the Navy. <laughs> you have a lot of fun with some French girls. Uh... You uh, you get your first job at a movie studio called World Films. Mm. Uh, you had wanted to do screenwriting, directing, producing, but you were not great at those, so you decided to try acting instead. Yes, because apparently I am
2: illiterate.
0: Uh, so <laughs> you... Uh, uh, your first role, you had one line in the 1921 play, Drifting.
2: Still remember it to this day. You
0: remember what your line was? Yep. Now, please don't do it for us because okay. according to the Wikipedia, you were playing a Japanese butler. Yes. And that fact has not aged well.
2: Humphrey well Bogart. The the line I had was... This doesn't feel right. <laughs> so it did. It did work in context. <laughs>
0: this is a commentary of you playing the Japanese butler. It was a very meta play. Oh, interesting and very progressive too. Uh, absolutely, because I'm sure that the audiences at the time were—they saw a white guy pretending to be a
2: Japanese person. They're like, "Oh, this is going to be real stitch." It got a little. It got a little tense, and uh, then, uh, oh, uh, but you know, then once we realized, "Oh no, it's all part of it. Everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Not, we're not going to make a big thing."
0: Yes, I am not going to stand up here yeah. and do yellow face for you people. And then wow. everybody, what? That's a real term. Mention both yellow
2: face, yellow face and you people in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs>
0: yellow face yeah. is what you call it. I'm not saying, I'm not calling Asian people yellow. That's the word for it. Am I not right about that? Do is I have it, to edit
1: this out of the episode? Is it true, because you can't see in the black and white films, is it true that the paint you used was canary
2: yellow? It was, indeed. Also, that way we could uh, tell if somebody was getting uh, uh, lead poisoning from the paint, mm. they would sing right before they died.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying. Stop ax- singing. I'm asking oh, yeah. sincerely, Oh is no!
2: It? Oh, no, I got to go. <laughs>
0: I'm asking sincerely. Is it okay that I use the term yellowface? Because I thought that that was the technical term for it.
2: Well, I'm Humphrey Bogart, so if there's someone to ask, it probably <laughs> isn't me. Uh, America was Moochie, what do yeah, you think Yeah, I mean, this? I
1: think that's the appropriate term. But I think, you okay. know, just to put everything in frame is he was doing this play at a time when... Uh, They had just incarcerated all the uh, Japanese Americans. Yeah, that's a really good point. We look back on it and we can point to specific instances where people were outside the borders, but the whole society was... Mm -hmm. It was a different
0: time back then, but I'm trying to be as good of a person as I can in, you know, 2019. Yeah, you're doing fine. Thank you. Thank you very much, Humphrey Bogart. I
1: think we can understand that you condone yellow face from your country. I absolutely do.
0: Uh, that's,
2: what cond- ta- that's what I'm taking away from it. Andrew. I, Humphrey Bogart, happily condemn all races. Uh, <laughs> that's very equanimous. That's very
0: e- big of you.
1: Equinim- uh yeah, That's the word I'm looking first for. Your a- movie,
0: Humphrey Bogart, was in 1928. It was a film called The Dancing Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has never been recovered, this movie. Can you tell us a little bit about that movie, The Dancing
2: Town, what yeah. the plot was and what your role was? I played a town who learned how to dance. <laughs> All right,
0: now this seems a little on the nose.
2: Well, I was doing, well, it, it, listen, it, this was back in the 19-somethings. 1928. And, yeah, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, scripts weren't as clever as they oh, are these days. Mm-hmm. You know, we we not everything can be bad times, the El Royale. Yeah, yeah. Things will
0: be, they'll have like, names where you're like, oh, I wonder what this movie's about. Like, it Red- was Redemption, all right up there. Yeah. Or, you know, Ad Astra. And you're like, oh, I don't even know what this movie's gonna be about. In 1928, you named a movie what it was. Yeah.
2: And I, Ad Astra, everybody knows, it was about a guy named Ed Astra. No, it was not what it was about. So I was I there. Saw the I, saw, I, was I there.
0: saw Ad Astra. First of all, it's Ad Astra. Ooh.
2: You might have seen an adaptation, I but saw it I saw too. the Let's original. Let's talk about that when we're done with this. Which course. one do you see? Yeah. Ad Astra.
1: Oh, you saw it too? Yeah, I got some opinions about it. I When opinions. you finish your line of questioning, you know, <laughs> but I'd like to get to that eventually.
0: So what does this dancing town do after it learns how to dance?
2: Well, it's... uh. Uh, the child of a city and the city wants it to go into law, but mm. the town wants to dance. I see. So it's a rebellious kind of a story of coming of age it's for like a little footloose. town. <laughs> it's very much like Footloose, <laughs> except with the entire population. The right. town
0: is the thing that's dancing. So yeah,
2: it's sort of yes. like a Frank Capra kind of a. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Oh, man. That is. I mean, I there, there was a direct line between seeing The Dancing Town, the movie. And thinking, oh, wouldn't it be fun if there was an entire town that couldn't dance? And then someone thinking and then writing the movie Footloose. And i got to tell you, budget through the roof. Your like entire really life, window. Humphrey Bogart, is just people stealing intellectual property from the past. That's very possible. It's very likely, yeah. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 16th century Italian explorer, America Vespucci.
1: Oh, Fredo, you're breaking my heart.
0: And 20th century American film actor Humphrey Bogart.
2: Oh, Fredo, that's my Maltese Falcon. So,
0: as I mentioned before, thank uh, you so
2: much, Fredo. for the Alfredo's the coffee boys. Yeah. Right
0: around, Fredo, you're the, doing great. Uh, yeah, he's doing wonderful. Uh, the history gets a little muddied uh, right around your 40s. Uh, We have four letters from you describing your trips to uh, your ocean voyages. Are you talking to me or him? I'm talking to America Vespucci.
2: Oh, okay, because we both took ocean voyages. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, You were were a big sailor. History gets a little
2: muddy in your (laughs) voice. It gets a little muddy. (laughs) Uh,
0: So (laughs) the four letters describing your your seafaring journeys... Mm -hmm. Only the middle two have been verified. The mm. the first and the last are widely considered to have been fabricated by people who are trying to make money off of your name. Oh. Uh, the first letter describes a trip that you took from Spain to America, and it is believed to be fake, even though it describes the use of hammocks and sweat lodges in the New World, which I think are accurate to the time and place. I could yeah, be that's wrong that about green. that. Yeah. Uh, the fourth letter uh, similarly describes a trip to the Americas, but can also not be verified. And some people believe it was written simply to take credit away from Christopher Columbus and his discovery of the Americas.
1: Oh, son of a bitch.
0: Now, the only trip name. that we know that you took to the Americas was a third letter. So can you clear up for us which of these letters were true, which of these trips were real? Okay. If the letters were fabricated, do you know by whom and for okay, what I'm reason? Okay, I'm going to
1: tell you the truth. This right. is the first breaking news here. All okay? right. Letters one, two, and three, they're absolutely legitimate. Mm. Letter one, uh, there's some question about it because I dictated it.
0: Oh, I see. I
1: dictated it. I had uh, hurt my thumb building a birdhouse. A breadhouse? It was a breadhouse. It was a house that you put bread in, and <laughs> birds come and eat the bread, and it became what is it now is. known as the modern birdhouse.
0: But they called it the breadhouse at the time because it was made of bread. <laughs>
1: Anyway, okay, I banged my thumb. Uh, and I had it, a, something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> made it hard for me to write because I got a big swollen cartoon thumb with a thing boom uh, boom, boom yeah. throbbing thumb. Mm-hmm. So I dictated it to my first mate, a man named um, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. <laughs> there's no relation.
0: <laughs> Ed, okay. Yep.
1: No, I don't think there's. a You live long, we long enough. We didn't have 23 and Me. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. So, um, so the first one's legit, and they talked about the hammocks. Uh, you gotta love a hammock. Oh, they're love a But and nobody everybody poo uh, poo is a hammock. Yeah. I don't know. It's, they're great. Why don't we have hammocks yeah, anyway, man? Hammocks
2: are nature's beds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a natural thing to sleep on on a boat, too, I think because the boat's rocking around, you gotta swing on a hammock. It just goes with the And fun. you
2: basically stay level. We
0: learn right? that from yeah. the
1: Native Americans.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I gotta get put, get a get a get a a boat and put a hammock on it. Yeah. And well, the sweat
1: lodges told, but he's talking about marijuana. Mm. Smoking a piece pipe was. Wait, good so times. the
0: thing that you're sweating in a sweat lodge? I thought it was just like hot rocks. Oh, or water. No, no, it. I mean
1: it's a little. You know, if you're going on a vision quest or something like that, you, 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 the peyote. It depends on which tribe you're working with here. But the, yeah, sometimes it's hallucinogenic. The sweat lodge in and of itself is not a drug den per mm. se, but sometimes they overlap. But oh, drugs
2: so drugs do happen. I'm just there. saying they had good yeah. weed.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. The Native Americans. A three
0: D movie is not for
2: doing drugs in, no, but, but it is often kind of is.
0: associated it's yeah. with
2: it. if you've never done it, it's, no. it's worth a look. Yeah. It, it Try is, it. You it might like it. it. It isn't mandatory, but you're not getting the full experience. Speaking of movies, guys. can we just
1: can we switch over to Ad Astra for a minute? Did you want to talk about Ad Astra? Well I just what did you think of it? Because I, I you know, I'm a fan of Brad Pitt. I had just seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good. I really enjoyed that film. Mm. Uh, so it was on uh, a sort of a Brad Pitt thing, and I plus I like sci-fi. It's a real snoozer.
0: It was a real snoozer. I liked it for um artsy reasons. Mm. Like I liked the the sort of like the, the unconscious message of yeah. the film. Um you, have same, you seen, Ad Astra I, seen Ed Astra yet?
2: I've seen Ed Astra. I played in Ed Astra, and that one is not about a space fair, but it is about a guy named Ed who mm. just was trying to get his teaching degree. Mm. How'd it go? Uh he doesn't. Oh that's oh, yeah. sad and tragedy. 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 tragedy yes. Indeed.
0: Okay, so first letter we know is real, but you dictated it. Second no. and third letter we know were real because I'm not gonna spend any time
1: is just real. Yeah. yeah. It's just the, oh, and well, the, well,
0: the but third one is letter, letter. Yeah. the fourth letter. That's fake uh, you're saying, right? Fourth letter. Well
1: fabricated. You know <laughs> fake is uh, you know, fake. I mean, there's a little bit of truth to everything, but... I'm not
0: going to... Kernel's of truth in there.
1: I guess it's okay. Enough time has passed. I can really kind of cartle my milk to give credit to Columbus. Again, as I say, right piece of shit. Okay. Yeah, nobody likes Columbus. So it was a little bit of stagecraft, a little bit of, uh, you know... I was involved with the fourth letter, but uh, it was a little bit of a publicity campaign, kind of. Interesting. To say that I wasn't involved then in it would be disingenuous.
0: Gotcha. So what did the fourth letter say? What was the intention of the fourth letter, and what was your role in it? You're saying uh, that you were tangentially it
1: started, associated with it. Yeah, well, you know, I, it was my idea. I was, I was, why don't we clear the air here? here? Why don't we why don't we make it clear that this uh, Columbus is uh, not, uh, not everything he seems to be? Well, um, some unsavory elements got involved, and the next thing you know, the letter is here accusing him of, uh, you know, a relationship with underage girls. It got fairly unsavory. I don't oh feel goodness. good about that. It's not the way I like to do business. So this, I will say,
2: in your defense, it did turn out to be true. It yeah. is
1: true. So he was a pedophile. got lucky on that one. He was a disgusting pedophile, a Terrible slave man. owner. Yeah, he wore yellow He was face. a murderer.
0: Yeah. He was a legit murderer of native peoples
1: and a rapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was bad, 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 bad. But at the time, I did not know the truth about that. I didn't like like slinging the rumors. You
0: just like shot from the hip and wrote this letter that was like, I just got back from another trip to the Americas. Where I have discovered that Christopher
1: Columbus. Listen, we didn't have Twitter at the time. You wrote a letter. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, so I was a little bit of a, uh, you know, um, a little bit of a trailblazer in this regard, saying, you know, we got to put it out there. So it's not a hundred percent. Eyewitness accurate. Let's you know. Let's make our case and let other people dispute it. And then the guy had right. It really kind of ran away with.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah, you know? the uh, the the foundation of the letter is real because it's based on it's the the things that you say in it end up being true. But the letter itself was not a real letter. It came
1: from a slightly disingenuous.
0: Came place. from a slightly disingenuous. Even though it place. turned out to
1: be a hundred percent true. One hundred percent accurate. accurate.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I guess we can be thankful that that letter exists. Sure. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Humphrey Bogart for just a moment. So, mm. <laughs> things were a little bit rough for you at the start of your career. Uh, and I'm very much enjoying your Edward G. Robinson impression, by the way, Humphrey Bogart. Who? It's <laughs> very, <that's>
1: very good. <laughs> Who's that? Uh,
0: yeah. You were going through long periods without work. Your second marriage is on the rocks. And you did a play called Invitation to a Murder, mm-hmm. which was produced by a man named Arthur Hopkins. Arthur Hopkins was listening to the play and not watching it. Yeah. And he heard your voice, and he was so taken by the sound of your voice that he offered you a lead role in the play that would jumpstart your career, The Petrified
2: Forest. Absolutely. But
0: then when he saw you, he saw the guy that he just cast, he actually remembered that he knew who you were and was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's not good at acting. Well. Is that right? That's a true story, that he just saw you and was like, oh, yeah, I don't like that guy. Did but he then you were that out loud cast to your show. face?
2: There's some... Um... Not gonna lie, this is news to me. Oh, so did you didn't hear anything that, about this. No, no, I thought that he and I had a rapport. I mean, when he did first look upon me, he did say, Oh. <laughs> but uh But everybody says everybody that everybody says The all the time. Could be about anything. Yeah. Uh I, I assumed that, you know, he and I were good. And uh yeah, no, this is the first time hearing about this so piece yeah, so of shit hearing, backstabbing me. Hearing
0: about the fact that he did not like you. Based Cast you entirely on your voice, then when he found out who you were, realized that he knew who you were and was like, oh, I don't like this guy. Does this shed light on any events that then happened, like, as you were rehearsing the play or after the play was produced and eventually became a movie?
2: You know, now that you mention it, and I'm thinking back on it, I did get this one note of, uh, uh, Humphrey, shut up. Oh. Very often, and now it's starting to get a little bit of context.
0: So he would, he would just say "shut up," like that was his whole note to you. When oh, you were and sometimes
2: petrified for us. Sometimes he'd throw glasses at me. Mm. He was very, very, but. Great performance on my end. <laughs> he knew how to get it out of your act. I'm just
0: yeah, surprised so that he kept you in the role after discovering that. It's you like, know. you know, he's the
2: producer. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, but after a while, you've yeah. drummed up all the paperwork, and uh, it's yeah, yeah. just a big big to-do. Sounds like toxic sense. masculinity. Yeah. He did seem very insecure. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you remember so, that, so the play that he that he listened to that you got this part based off of was called Invitation to a Murder? Do you remember what that play was about? I believe it was about a murder that
2: people were invited to see.
0: And yeah, I I keep on forgetting that plays and movies from that time
2: were just they were very what the title literal. was yeah. gotcha. We didn't have depth mm. back then.
0: Oh, there was there was a good amount of depth, but it was rare. You had to yeah. go
2: looking for it. Depth didn't come naturally in film and uh, television until Dan Harmon. Mm.
0: <laughs> He is going to love hearing that. Uh, Knowing knowing that he gets name checked in this episode will increase my listenership by exactly one this week. Uh, So last question that I think we're going to have time for you, Humphrey Bogart. So before you became a... An A-list celebrity, you were a flood of B-movies as gangsters, and you were so bored by the life of a B-list celebrity that you used to issue phony press releases about your private life. Is that right?
2: Constantly.
0: Can you tell us, like, what some of the things you would say in these phony press releases were? Like, I'm trying to figure out if they were supposed to be, like... Scandalous
2: or they're supposed to be like obviously fake. Well, they like- were trying to be eye catching to get uh the real big Hollywood celebs to come hang out with me. Oh, okay. So you know, it would be a lot of stuff that I would just throw at the wall, like Humphrey Bogart trains dogs to ride taxis. Like it's it very whatever I could with a, with a question mark, at the end of it. Exactly, because I couldn't. <laughs> uh, they great. couldn't confirm or deny it. <laughs> That's
0: a great tactic. That's
2: catchy. That's really That's smart. That's a
0: great tactic for a press release. They're talking it about it. Ended it a question mark, and then people. I don't. I don't know. They have to investigate. I don't know.
1: Because yeah. you can't be accused of claiming something false if you make it a question. That's a really exactly. good point. Humphrey
2: Bogart. Santa Claus? <laughs> that was a good one. We don't know that it's not true. We don't know. Have you yeah. ever seen me and Santa Claus that in the same room at the same be time?
0: somebody asking you about Santa Claus, depending on the, the punctuation in that one. Humphrey <laughs> Bogart, Santa Claus. Journalism
2: <laughs> had very low standards. You're picturing mm-hmm. it. We're talking about Yeah, it's happening, baby. It really
0: was an interesting time back then. Uh, so let's go back over to America of a for just a moment. Mm. So when you return... <laughs> From your final voyage to America, you become a yeah. citizen of Spain.
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah. You decide to uh, become an ex ex uh, ex citizen of Italy. You you move over to Spain because uh, they I guess because they were the ones that were sponsoring your voyage oh, at this they point. The is that right? Best
1: ceviche. Uh- so <laughs> <laughs> good. You Need you that Spanish to avoid scurvy. Tapas. You ever have a ah, Tapas food. is great. I like oh, a
0: little mm. bit of a lot of different things. Like that's my favorite way to eat. Mm,
1: Spanish women so beautiful. Yeah. Oof, Do you ever yeah. you ever have tapas without a shirt on? Topless, 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 I've done that a time of three. Mm, I like pantsless, topless.
0: Uh, All right. So King Ferdinand, (laughs) you move to Spain. King Ferdinand then makes you the chief navigator of Spain and commissions you to found a school of navigation to modernize navigation techniques. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And uh, listen. Well, I can't say that every decision I've ever made in my life has been the best. No, it was a, it no was one a can. little bit of a scam. Okay. It was yeah. a little bit. It wasn't as bad as Trump University, but it was, you Oof. know, I mean, I had made a name for myself. People would sign up just for the, you know, the the cachet of like, oh, we're gonna, well, I'm gonna go just dis- go to the Amerigo Vespucci's uh, navigational school and I'm gonna discover a new continent. Well, spoiler, not there. I'd go to an American university. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, but, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I did that and then I made a good bit of money on it, but I don't know that uh, it was entirely. So this was like a diploma mill? Like this was like. A little bit. Not a great school that you were running. A
2: little bit. But it was, it was better than Columbus's school. Nobody ever even heard of Columbia. You
1: had to bring your own boat. You know, I mean, there wasn't, we didn't. Supply any of that stuff. What so a silly it really a
0: factual of... information that you <laughs> just dropped on us. It's true. Uh, okay. 100% true. So, what were some of the classes then that you offered in this navigation school that you are admitting now was a bit of a diploma mail that really didn't have a lot of substance?
1: So, you know, then one of the intro classes was you could really sort of, if you were paying attention, you could really sort of see it in the intro class. It's mm-hmm. like parts of a boat. <laughs> so, I mean, if you need to take a class called parts of the boat... I Can I be
0: real? I, can I be real? There are some parts of a boat that not a lot of people would know about. Yeah. Like oh, a jib. Right. People I was have, just about to say I jib. I don't that's, know what a look, jib is. De- well, I
2: know you cut
1: it, and I like that. <laughs> I'm not denying that you need to understand and know the parts of a boat, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And if somebody says the poop deck and you giggle... Of course you do. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be the career for you, is all I'm saying. is, that, You know, this was dangerous. Yeah. You know, you devoted people, married the sea. It was like, you know, you're going to die, odds were. Mm, you're not going to yeah. become a Marigold Vespucci. I mean, course. Not to my own course. Listen, <laughs> all right, just
0: just for the shits and giggles, Humphrey Bogart, let's yeah. see how many parts of a boat we can name. Because I, as I mentioned, I don't think that that we could name all the parts of a boat. Okay. Oh, yeah. So no. I don't think that intro class is that bad. Uh, Mast. Okay. Hull. Brig. Brig, the jail. That's the yeah. jail. Um. The steering wheel. What do you call that?
2: The well, not the anchor, but that's another oh, part. Oh, anchor, that's a good yeah. one. Uh, and the,
0: the sexy lady that's on the front, you know, the figurehead. I the know, figurehead. There
1: you go. The, mm. There's a sail also. There's
0: got to be like a hundred more parts to a boat
1: there's, than so that. My point is, again, is, is, I think yes, that that you would have gotten a lot out of this class. <laughs> would I have but, passed? <laughs> I, I, Mr. Bogart, I'm sure you would have passed. All right, then I would have. Failed on
2: purpose. I hate schools. I think
1: that we're missing the point, though, is if you're going to, at this time, if you're going to commit to a life of nautical exploration Mm -hmm. and you didn't know the parts of the boat coming into it. You might have been setting yourself up for disappointment at the least, and gotcha, death at the gotcha. worst. That's all I'm be, saying.
0: I, you know, this is supposed uh, to be an expert level class. To be fair and honest, I did not
1: turn students away. So well, you got to make
0: a little sketch. That's make why you I you feel like make it make wasn't entirely stretch. honest.
1: that people came in and signed up, and oh, well, unfortunately, that is all for this week's episode of Famous oh. Dead People. Oh. Uh,
0: I'd like to thank my guests Humphrey Bogart and America Vespucci for joining oh. the studio. Well, oh. uh, last question: Do either of you have any comedy shows or? Uh, Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about. Um, Humphrey Bogart, anything you want to tell people about?
2: Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Humph1 uh, all across the board. <laughs> also, you can follow uh, this comedian I like named uh, Aaron Gold. You can follow him everywhere cut. Hey, It's Aaron Gold. And I know that he does a monthly show at the Magnet Theater about comedy and depression. And it's called You Are Not Alone, an uplifting show about depression. They just had a five-year anniversary.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah.
1: great. That's and uh, America Vespucci, anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, this is a little bit obscure, but there's a book, an audio book you can get on Amazon.com or Audible.com. It's called Digging... Up. No, that's not the right one. It's called uh, Stuck in the Stone Age. It's narrated by a terrific voice actor named Chris Ferries, a personal favorite of mine. Get in on it now before he's hot.
0: Check all that stuff out. You can check all my stuff out at Uh, We are launching a monthly stand-up show slash voter registration drive called Stand-Up 2020. Our first show is going to be November 1st at 7 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 21st Street. Headlining... David Cross. So come check out that show, well, guys. I've it's going to be a real guy. big deal. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. New videos every Tuesday. Rate and review the podcast if you're listening to this on the radio. All the old episodes are on there. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at people at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.
2: I think this is the end of a beautiful podcast.
0: I mean I think I think when when people think seduce, yeah. they think of like, you know, yeah Bossa Nova music and yes. yeah. you know, it's just like Casanova, I... Casanova, Don Juan, like
1: it's such a slow uh, Yes. Yeah. You
0: would like to come I back to my into, boudoir yeah. and
1: it, have it a seems little methodical mimosa. come yeah. up
2: and see my etchings. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever yeah, I seen a dog? So <laughs> 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 I have one.